This is an audio version of an excerpt from AI Governance, a research agenda by Alan Defoe from the Centre for the Governance of AI at the Future of Humanity Institute, University of Oxford. This version was published on August 27th, 2018, after the publication of a draft the previous year. This excerpt is included as a core reading for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. Section 6, International Security. AI and related technologies are likely to have important implications for national and international security. It is also plausible that AI could have strategic and transformative military consequences in the near and medium term, and that the national security perspective could become dominant. First, studying the near-term security challenges is helpful for understanding the context out of which longer-term challenges will emerge, and enable us to seed long-term beneficial precedents. Longer term, if general AI becomes regarded as a critical military or economic asset, it is possible that the state will seek to control, close and securitize AI R&D. Further, the strategic and military benefits of AI may fuel international race dynamics. We need to understand what such dynamics might look like and how such a race can be avoided or ended. Section 6.1. Near-Term Security Challenges In the coming years, AI will pose a host of novel security challenges. These include international and domestic uses of autonomous weapons and AI-enabled cyber operations, malware and political influence campaigns, or active measures. Many of these challenges look like light versions, in quotes, of potential transformative challenges, and the solutions to these challenges may serve as a foundation for solutions to transformative challenges. For example, we can analyse how transnational self-governance regimes of private companies have emerged and why these efforts have succeeded or failed. This is particularly relevant as several AI companies have already introduced self-governance measures as well. And there's a reference here to Fisher, 2018. To the extent the near-term and transformative challenges or their solutions are similar, it will be useful for us to be aware of and engage with them. For a recommended syllabus of readings on AI and international security, see... Remco Swisslutz, Artificial Intelligence and International Security Syllabus, from the Future of Humanity Institute, 2018. And there's also a list of specific references worth looking into. All of them with links here. Section 6.2. Control, Closing and Securitization. Basic AI R&D is currently conducted in the open. Researchers have a strong interest to publish their accomplishments to achieve recognition. And there is a strong ethos of scientific openness. Some AI R&D is semi-closed, conducted in private, for-profit spaces. However, this tends not to be general AI R&D, but instead applications of existing techniques. This could plausibly change. If AI becomes perceived as catastrophically dangerous, strategic military, or even strategic economic. To the extent an AI race is likely and catastrophic risks are increasing in a close race, as opposed to one where the leader has a large lead, it would arguably be preferable for AI leaders to take steps to prevent their capabilities from diffusing to others. What are the different models for completely or partially closing AI research or assets, like compute? What are their pros and cons? At what point would and should the state be involved? What are the legal and other tools that the state could employ or are employing to close and exert control over AI companies? With what probability and under what circumstances could AI research and development be securitized, that is, treated as a matter of national security, at or before the point that transformative capabilities are developed? How might this happen, and what would be the strategic implications? 
How are the particular private companies likely to regard the involvement of their host government? And what policy options are available to them to navigate the process of state influence? How are researchers likely to be involved? Can we learn from the study of the attempted closing and control of other technologies? Section 6.3. Race Dynamics. Advanced AI could convey extreme power and wealth to its possessors. If so, and in particular if it's expected to convey strategic military or economic benefits, then it is plausible that an international race dynamic could emerge. The defining feature of a technology race is that there are large gains from relative advantage. In such a circumstance, actors have strong incentives to trade off against other values, like safety, transparency, accountability, democracy, and opportunities, in order to increase the probability of gaining advantage. In particular, a worry is that it may be close to a necessary and sufficient condition for AI safety and alignment that there be a high degree of caution prior to deploying advanced powerful systems. However, if actors are competing in a domain with large returns to first movers or relative advantage, then they will be pressured to choose a suboptimal level of caution. Research on race dynamics involves a large set of questions and approaches. We will need to integrate and develop models of technology or arms races. Audio note, this text contains footnotes. Some of them have been omitted for the purposes of brevity, in particular when they just refer to further reading or provide citations. You can check them out in the original paper. What are the distinctive features of an AI race as compared with other kinds of races? What robust predictions can we make about that subfamily of races? Under what conditions are those races most dangerous or destructive? Specifically, a plausible and important proposition is that races are more dangerous the smaller the margin of the leader. Is this a robust conclusion? How do openness, accessibility of the research frontier, first-mover advantages, insecure compute, and other factors affect race dynamics? Given models of AI innovation, how confident can a lead team be about the performance of its rivals and that it will be able to sustain a known lead? Given models of AI safety, such as the performance safety trade-offs and the time schedule for safety investments, what is the expected risk incurred by race dynamics? There are also questions about the strategies for retaining a lead or catching up. Are there tools available to the leading team that will allow it to retain a lead? For example, could a team retain its lead by closing off its research? What difference does it make if the leading team is a state or closely supported by a state? The potential for coalitions within a race merits study. What are the possibilities for alliances between leading groups or states to help them retain their lead? In light of states' interests in strong AI systems, current international agreements and historic relationships, what configurations of state coalitions are likely and under what circumstances? Historical precedents and analogies can provide insight, such as consideration of the arms race for and with nuclear weapons, other arms races, and patent and economic technology races. What about analogies to other strategic general-purpose technologies and more gradual technological transformations? like industrialization, electrification, and computerization. In what ways do each of these fail as analogies? Finally, it would be valuable to theorize the likely stages of an AI race and their characteristics, like tempo, danger, security consequences. Can we map current behavior onto this framework? What is the current distribution of capabilities, talent, and investment? To what extent do existing policymakers and publics perceive or invoke a race logic? What kinds of events could spark or escalate a race, such as Sputnik moments for publics, or an Einstein-Szilard letter for leaders? Section 6.4. Avoiding or ending the race. 
Given the likely large risks from an AI race, it is imperative to examine possible routes for avoiding races or ending one underway. The political solutions to global public bads are, in increasing explicitness and institutionalization, norms, agreements or soft law, treaties or institutions. These can be bilateral, multilateral or global. Norms involve a rough mutual understanding about what observable actions are unacceptable and what sanctions will be imposed in response. Implicit norms have the advantage that they can arise without explicit consent, but the disadvantage that they tend to be crude and are thus often inadequate and may even be misdirected. A hardened form of international norms is customary law. Though absent a recognised international judiciary, this is not likely relevant for great power cooperation. Diplomatic agreements and treaties involve greater specification of the details of compliance and enforcement. When well specified, these can be more effective, but require greater levels of cooperation to achieve. Institutions, such as the World Trade Organization, involve establishing a bureaucracy with the ability to clarify ambiguous cases, verify compliance, facilitate future negotiations, and sometimes the ability to enforce compliance. International cooperation often begins with norms, proceeds to weak bilateral or regional treaties, and consolidates with institutions. Some conjectures about when international cooperation in transformative AI will be most likely are when 1. The parties mutually perceive a strong interest in receiving a successful agreement, great risks from non-cooperation or gains from cooperation, or low returns on unilateral steps. When 2. The parties otherwise have a trusting relationship. When 3. There is sufficient consensus about what an agreement would look like, what compliance consists of, which is more likely if the agreement is simple, appealing and stable. When 4. Compliance is easily, publicly and rapidly verifiable. When 5. The risks from being defected on are low, such as if there is a long breakout time in quotes, a low probability of a power transition because technology is defence dominant and near-term future capabilities are predictably non-transformative. Or when 6. The incentives to defect are otherwise low. Compared to other domains, AI appears in some ways less amenable to international cooperation. See conditions 3, 4, 5 and 6. That was consensus about what an agreement should look like, easily verifiable compliance, risks from being defected on a low, and the incentives to defect are otherwise low. But in other ways could be more amenable. Namely 1, that is, the parties mutually perceive a strong interest in reaching a successful agreement, if the parties come to perceive existential risks from unrestricted racing and tremendous benefit from cooperating. Two, that's the parties otherwise have a trusting relationship, because China and the West currently have a relatively cooperative relationship compared to other international arms races, and there may be creative technical possibilities for enhancing four and five. That was verifiable compliance and low defection risks. We should actively pursue technical and governance research today to identify and craft potential agreements. Heading, third-party standards, verification, enforcement, and control. One set of possibilities for avoiding an AI arms race is the use of third-party standards, verification, enforcement, and control. What are the prospects for cooperation through third-party institutions? The first model, almost certainly worth pursuing and feasible, is an international safety agency, in quotes, responsible for, quote, establishing and administrating safety standards, end quote. This is crucial to achieve common knowledge about what counts as compliance. The second, WTO, or IAEA model, builds on the first by also verifying and ruling on non-compliance. 
after which it authorises states to impose sanctions for non-compliance. The third model is stronger still, endowing the institution with sufficient capabilities to enforce cooperation itself. The fourth, Atomic Development Authority model, involves the agency itself controlling the dangerous materials. This would involve building a global AI development regime sufficiently outside the control of the great powers, with a monopoly on this militarily strategic technology. Especially in the fourth case, but also for the weaker models, great care will need to go into their institutional design to assure powerful actors and ensure competence and good motivation. Such third-party models entail a series of questions about how such institutions could be implemented. What are the prospects that great powers would give up sufficient power to a global inspection agency or governing body? What possible scenarios, agreements, tools or actions could make that more plausible? What do we know about how to build government that is robust against sliding into totalitarianism and other malignant forms? What can we learn from similar historical episodes, such as the failure of the Atchison Lilienthal Report and Baruch Plan, the success of arms control efforts that led towards the 1972 Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty, or ABM Treaty, and episodes of attempted state formation? There may also be other ways to escape the race. Could one side form a winning or encompassing coalition? Could one or several races engage in unilateral stabilisation, in quotes, of the world without risking catastrophe? The section AI Ideal Governance, which is coming up next, discusses the desirable properties of a candidate world hegemon. Section heading AI Ideal Governance. The technical landscape seeks to understand the technical possibilities and constraints of AI development. AI Politics seeks to understand how different actors will compete and cooperate to achieve their objectives related to powerful AI. AI Ideal Governance focuses on cooperative possibilities. If we could sufficiently cooperate, what might we cooperate to build? AI Ideal Governance examines potential global arrangements for governing what kinds of AI are developed and deployed, by whom, for what purposes, and with what constraints. In particular, this cluster seeks to identify ideal models of global governance. What are humanity's common values, and what arrangements could best satisfy our distinct goals? What organisational principles and institutional mechanisms exist to best promote those? These age-old questions need to be investigated with renewed vigour. We may soon need to implement our best answer. Advanced AI could also dramatically alter the relevant parameters of the question, rendering prior insights less relevant. This research cluster focuses on idealised global governance, for several reasons. It is important to devote thought to articulating what we're trying to achieve. One, so that we're best able to steer events in desirable directions. And two, to facilitate cooperation by coordinating on an appealing shared vision. In so doing, it will be important to develop effective means of communicating the bounty of potential benefits from cooperation and the existential dangers from rivalrous behaviour. We need to make sure we understand the distinct concerns and worldviews of people and elites from different backgrounds so that our governance proposals are more likely to resonate globally and to be incentive-compatible with powerful stakeholders. We need to think pragmatically about institutional design. What should be the constitutional foundation? Who is entitled to make what decisions? Under what conditions? By what voting rules? What information is transmitted to whom? To ensure that any acceptable ideal vision is politically stable. The findings from this research cluster will be crucial for advising the governance of AI firms and countries today and in the future. This is so for two reasons. The first reason? The governance problems that we're facing today and that we will face in the future overlap extensively, with the primary differences being, one, 
the scope of interest to be represented, two, the potential need to compete in some broader military economic domain, and three, the stakes. To illustrate the similarities, consider how the governance of an international AI coalition will ideally have some constitutional commitment to a common good. We'll have institutional mechanisms for assuring the principles, for example the publics and leaders of the included countries, that the regime is well governed, and for credibly communicating a lack of threat to other parties. In fact, if we are able to craft a sufficiently appealing, realistic, self-enforcing, robust model of AI governance, this could serve as a beacon to guide us out of a rivalrous equilibrium. The problem then reduces to one of sequencing. How do we move from the present to this commonly appealing future? And the second primary difference? We would ideally like to embed into our governance arrangements today, when the stakes are relatively low, the principles and mechanisms that we will need in the future. For example, given temporal discounting, diminishing marginal utility, and uncertainty about who will possess the wealth, it may be possible today to institutionalise collective commitments for redistributing wealth in the future. This research cluster is the least developed in this document, and within the community of people working on AI governance. Section heading. Values and principles. AI ideal governance aspires to envision, blueprint, and advance ideal institutional solutions for humanity's AI governance challenges. What are the common values and principles around which different groups can coordinate? What do various stakeholders, like publics, cultural groups, AI researchers, elites, governments, and corporations, want from AI, in the near term and long term? What are the best ways of mediating between competing groups and between conflicting values? What do long-term trends, such as from demographics, secularization, globalization, liberalism, nationalism, inequality, imply about the values of these stakeholders over medium and long timelines? Given what we're still learning about ourselves and our values, is it possible to anticipate the direction that our values are moving in, or the direction they should move in? Given uncertainty about our common values and what should be our values, are there principles we can employ that will learn with us, in quotes, over time, and prevent us from making large mistakes? Bostrom, Defoe, and Flynn, 2018, offer a series of policy desiderata that gain distinctive importance in a world of superintelligent AI, including expeditious progress, AI safety, conditional stabilization, non-turbulence, universal benefit, magnanimity, continuity, first principles thinking, wisdom, speed and decisiveness, and adaptability. There appear to be two crucial meta-principles in the present world, and they are intention. One, security, that is AI safety and conditional stabilization, and two, autonomy, freedom, continuity, and sovereignty. This work requires scholars of ethics and morality, psychology, global public opinion, culture, and religion. Section 8. Institutions and Mechanisms The previous section involves specifying the interests of the stakeholders that a governance system should meet, as well as the overall goals of the system. This section then seeks to develop institutions that can successfully achieve these interests and goals. We want our governance institutions to be capable of providing security, ensuring safety from non-aligned AI, and otherwise stabilising technological development to prevent new extreme risks. This may require centralised control over AI development, or extensive surveillance of AI projects with ready ability to shut them down. It's possible such safety could be achieved through a cooperating multipolar world, but it may require concentration of power and authority. What are the least infringing possible stabilisation arrangements? What capabilities may AI enable that could help us with this? How profitable are they? And what could be done to increase their probability? 
We want our governance institutions to be resilient to drift and hijacking. Two poles of the risk space are totalitarian capture and tyranny of the majority. To prevent totalitarian capture and tyranny of the majority, to varying extents and in varying combinations, countries throughout the world have employed regular, free and fair elections, protected rights for political expression, rule of law and an independent judiciary, division of power, constraints on state power, constitutionally protected rights and federalism. The problem of how to build institutions for governing a polity is a core part of the fields of political science and political economy. The more mathematical theoretical corner of this space is often called public choice, social choice, or by economists, political economy. Political scientists in comparative politics and American politics extensively study the properties of different political systems. Scholars in political science and political theory study the design of constitutions. Given the centrality of this problem to these fields and their existing expertise, substantial effort should be spent learning from them and recruiting them, rather than trying to reinvent good governance. Nevertheless, at the present time, the application of these disciplines to the problem of AI governance remains neglected. Section 9. Positive Visions While the above is directed to devising a feasible model of ideal long-run AI governance, it is unlikely to generate a simple solution anytime soon. However, it could be extremely beneficial to have a simple, compelling, broadly appealing vision of the benefits from cooperation. To help motivate cooperation, we believe that both the potential benefits from safe development and the potential downsides from unsafe development are vast. Given that perspective, it is foolish to squabble over relative gains if doing so reduces the chances of safe development. How can we simply, clearly, evocatively communicate that vision to others? This was an audio version of an excerpt from AI Governance, a research agenda by Alan Defoe, Centre for the Governance of AI, Future of Humanity Institute, University of Oxford, published on August 27, 2018. It's included as one of the core readings for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.